0: welcome to another episode of Depend explaining the podcast the one and only podcast that you should be listening to no other one this is where we give you all your military related information some of it useless some of it extremely useful and then on top of that <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give you a little bit of true crime yes
1: yes yes I am Veronica and I am Jen
0: welcome everybody Jen how's it going
1: um <laughs> You know, it's 2021. What? what? <laughs> Where did that come from?
0: It came It came very fast, didn't it? It did. Yeah.
1: It did. When we like, I like look back on all the shit that's happened over the year, like all the shit we've gone through and just all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, it's a new year. Here we are. I know. Can you believe that all that happened? You know, all the craziness and it hasn't changed. Despite I was hoping it would
0: go away. Yeah, despite <laughs> all the grumbling and lockdown and everything throughout the year, it like flew by for me. Just it flew did. by. Um, but we rang in the new year and we had fun doing it, and that's that's all I have to say. Because yeah, yeah. who knows what what shit storm is coming our way? I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Yes. To the you possibilities
1: to Right You you have to be at this point It's like there's been so much that has happened And thrown us through a loop back in 2020 So mm-hmm. you just never know what is going to pop up out of nowhere It's only January So, you know, 2021 You got some time to really, you know, sock it to us, I guess
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't sock it to us, please
1: in a good way please i'll take a socking if it's good
0: yeah give us a a good socking a good positive one but no no more negativity just stop Mm -mm. it just just be nice 2021 be nice to us
1: (laughs) why didn't 2020 listen to you you said it multiple times just be nice just
0: be nice go on this is what i'm begging of 21 be nice to us right been through enough for real
1: We have, you know, we've been through enough. Everybody has been through enough. And I think it gave us time to kind of like put into perspective of who we are as people and to have a good look at ourselves and see what we are really missing in our lives, you know? Yes. See what we really need to work on on ourselves too. And I think that was the only good thing that's come out of 2020 is, you know, Shedding the light on ourselves and seeing what we can do to, I don't know, be better people.
0: Yeah, and that there's tons of good in this world. Uh, the, the communities yeah. that have formed and um, and reached out to others to help, you know, from from like food banks and people preparing meals for other people and, you know, um, the the birthday parades and the graduation parades and all that. There is good out there there really is mm-hmm. and it, it, it's it's so sad that the media um, doesn't look at all this wonderful stuff that that has happened and they just put you know they just put out the the negative stuff and and yeah. you know, you have all these movements going on right now and it's like why highlight the writers why highlight the you know all these the bad the bad situation we need to know about the bad but we also need to know how to fix it and how people are fixing it how people are improving their own their own um lives by getting to know i don't even know what i'm trying to say Just no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm trying to say.
1: (laughs) No, I totally agree. It's it's true. I mean, there's been so many good that comes out of it. Yeah, there's bad things that happen. But with the bad, like we had said before, the good comes out of it, too. People learn just like with 2020 and all the lockdowns and all the stuff. We've learned to adapt to all of that, learning how to do virtual events and talk to our family and friends over Zoom calls and master how to do school over virtual which really sucks but you know we've adapted to what we needed to and I think that's pretty amazing for people who've never had to do that stuff before to be able to take that end of year and do that
0: yeah we all became I know myself I became a baker a seamstress a barber a teacher yes Um, yes I did all of that and, you know, there's tons of people that picked up awesome hobbies, you know, picking up an instrument or, or really digging into sewing stuff and not yep. just masks like I did. So,
1: well, still, even that, just making masks when that first all started was like a big deal because nobody was making masks. There was no companies out there that were selling masks, yeah. like, not like they are now. And so to have that group of people and mm-hmm. just pumping out masks, especially for, I, I know back in the UK, it was a big deal for all the active duty members that had to go to work and they needed a special color for their uniforms yeah. and people were just busting them out, like making like hundreds of them in a day and it's crazy. Yeah. And so I think that was just amazing that we are capable of doing things that we didn't really know we could do
0: we are capable we are capable of change and we are capable of helping others and helping ourselves and i think that should be the highlight of 2020 is that we all came yeah. together and we improved we really did we improved yeah among the chaos
1: we did you did you persevered and you fought through it it's amazing to see how much people have done through all this mm-hmm. chaos in our life and you all are just amazing people and being awesome listeners for our podcast. That's what we couldn't, we couldn't ask for anything more was,
0: you we're, know, all the great so dedicated listeners. Yeah, we're so yeah. proud of you. Thank you guys. Um, yeah. Oh, I want to hear any cool, any cool hobbies that you picked up during the quarantine of 2020. Why don't you guys email us and let us know anything interesting that you guys did out of the norm for you? I want to hear all about it and reach out to us at dependenceblading at gmail.com or leave us a comment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'd love to hear it.
1: Yes. Yes, we would. I think that would be awesome just to hear the different and cool things that you guys got into or something that you already did and you are just getting better at because you've had more time. You know, whatever it is, we want to hear
0: it. A home business, if sure. you guys started your own home business, even if it's like face masks, that's awesome. Let us know. We'll mm-hmm. plug it for you. Yeah. All we those will. all those Etsy creations, let us know. We'll do it. We'll support you if you support us.
1: So speaking of that, I do have a quick little plug. Okay. Um, I was supposed to do it last week and totally forgot. Okay. But there is a a lady, a military spouse. And she made a, she wrote a book for military kids. Oh. It is called, I move a lot and that's okay. Like how more clever could you get? Cause it's so true. Yeah. You can find this book on Amazon. It is a Kindle book. Oh, perfect. Um, I believe you can also get it in hardback or paper book okay. as well. If you want a physical copy. Um, But, yes, you can find this on Amazon. She wrote this book just for kids. Um, she She wrote to us, obviously, just getting her book out there. She goes, if you're looking for a book to help kids understand change and explain military family life, then here it is. I move a lot, and that's okay. Bridges the gaps for children who experience rapid change. And it's available, oh, free on Amazon. Kindle Unlimited. So if you have Kindle Unlimited you can get it for free. That is pretty awesome.
0: That is awesome. I I am yeah. going to look into it. And we're like, I've said many times, we're facing a move and my kids seem to take it in stride very well. And they're pretty excited, but maybe to help them understand a little bit more why it is that we move or, you know, oh, that's, that's awesome. I right. love that.
1: Yes. And I'll post this on our weekly, um, instagram post too but her name on instagram is amazingly shermaine and so you can follow her and she's got her amazon book linked there as well so i'll let you let y'all know with that but uh just wanted to put that out there that's great i mean our kids need to it's always nice to have a book to share with Mm -hmm. them to kind of get their show them more of the experience i guess
0: yeah my daughter received a book from my sister-in-law it's uh it's called Dear Girl. It is just the sweetest book ever. And it just, it talks about, like, just be yourself, basically. Whatever, you know, you're wild. It it speaks to my daughter's soul. Just how wild she is and how imaginative she is. And she's like, just be yourself. And know that you can always count on, you know, on your loved ones. And I was like, oh, this is such a good book. So, my kids love to read. They love to be read, too. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm definitely going to check out that book and you guys should check it out too do it now
1: and you can also while you're looking at different books download the milso muster app because we are there updated weekly for your listening pleasure along with a new podcast that comes out every monday it is done by the founder of milso muster it's called uh moscato Mike's and Moscato. Oh Mike's God, and Moscato. Jen, someday. I'll get my life together. <laughs> oh. But just another new podcast on the awesome Milso Muster app. If you subscribe monthly for 99 you will get all of that awesome information plus military content and resources, everything you need
0: right oh, there. Awesome. So, Jen. Yes. Before we went on this rant that you edited out. <laughs> <laughs> we can uh we were talking about stuff and now let's talk about more, more. stuff
1: yes i want to hear the about
0: all your stuff that you're going to tell us about today
1: i love stuff i love the stuff that comes out of your mouth cuz we never know what's going to come out of your mouth and it's the best
0: i got good rest last night i went to bed really <laughs> late but i was i told we had my husband and i killed two bottles of wine and uh oh the day before <laughs> i came home And my husband was sitting on the recliner and the kids were playing on the iPad and I was like, dude, it's late. Like, you guys need to go to bed. And my husband said something and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, Kyle. And I yelled at my son. I was like, why did you let him drink so much? (laughs) And my son was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And so we were giggling at that. I was like, why did you guys let daddy drink so much? And my daughter's like, I I don't know. I don't know why. And I was like, great. Now he's drunk. Now we have to deal with him. I'm going to have to sleep with him. And he's so loud. And then they both, they're so sweet. They both offered up their bed to me. They're like, you can sleep here, mommy. So you don't have to listen to daddy snore. Aww. Yeah. But, um, so yesterday him and I killed two bottles of wine together and, and I was like, I feel good. Let's go to bed. Let's go to sleep. (laughs) And I slept through the night and it was great. Then I woke up and it was like 7.15. I was like, well, it's, it is time to get up, Veronica. I'm proud of you. Thank you.
1: I'm proud of myself too. They have, I mean, everybody's coming out with hard seltzers lately. So we've been drinking, we've had the Corona flavored hard seltzers, which are, delicious okay white claw like this whole thing started with fucking white claw and i was just like for the last like couple years i was like oh my god i want white claw over in the uk and nobody brings white claw to the uk so it's like i want to know what this is all about right 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 i had Trulies, and they were delicious that was my first hard seltzer then i finally got white claw white claw was sent over here by mistake like they don't usually carry it but um, it was sent here by mistake, <laughs> and I wish it had never came because it's not very good. Oh really? Sorry. Yeah. So I like Truly's better. Yeah, I find the Truly's oh. are better. But then I had the Corona hard seltzers, and those oh. are really good. That's they're delicious. They have just the right amount of flavor, and uh, I, I don't know, they're really good. But then we have discovered uh. Natural Light makes hard seltzers as well. <laughs> oh, I
0: saw Bud Light came out with one.
1: Bud Light. I haven't tried those. Those haven't been at the BX yet. Mm-hmm. So we haven't been able to get those. But Natty Light has hard seltzers. And they are pretty good.
0: Natty Light, bad. you know, the cheap keg at the grocery store. That's what you would exactly. buy at a party.
1: Yes. Yeah. How exactly. funny. So they're pretty good. And then we also found... Truly makes hard seltzer lemonade.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, those yeah, are you know, really good. I didn't know about the whole hard seltzer until this summer and um our friend Kai came over and she brought over Truly. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'll try it. Like, sure. And I was like, I like um I like the uh, light, the lightness to it. So I was like, okay, oh, yes. yeah, I like this. So I haven't tried any of the other ones, but I did see uh at the Chapette they have the Bud Light ones, so I'll have to go check okay. out the Corona one. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Corona, the virus, or the beer, so right. <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't know how I'm going to feel about the heart seltzer. Yeah. So
1: the heart seltzer, like, it doesn't taste anything like beer. It's Honestly, it's like the Trulies, but mm-hmm. I feel like they have a little bit more flavor to them. Sometimes I think some of the Trulies are a little bit more bland than... I want them to be
0: I don't mind that it's, it's very much like the lacra. I, I, yes. I like those I really yeah, like that's those. exactly
1: some... yeah that's yeah. it that's exactly it and that's like what you know and you're you're drinking water so I'm just I feel so healthy all the time because I'm like <laughs> I'm staying hydrated yeah while I'm drinking I'm having a good time but I'm yeah. hydrated I'm just this is great
0: my that's kids great. love, my kids also love the La Croix and I'd rather give them that than like a Coke. We don't really yes. drink Coke or Pepsi or that yep. type of drink, soft drinks. We don't have those kind of soft drinks in the house. But like the past couple of weeks we've had them because of the holidays. And so Kyle and I have been mixing it with whiskey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yes, that's and good too. And so like every now and then I'll give my kids like a few ounces of Coke and they're like, Coke! I was like, you guys have tasted the promised land because i love mm-hmm. i love pepsi i'm a pepsi fan but mm-hmm. coke is good too i guess
1: i know it's all good especially when you haven't had it for a really long time yeah um yeah we do we do the the seltzer water for the kids too the the la because they are obviously it's water and yeah. flavoring
0: so you can't They're go just wrong just so that. expensive
1: i know Oh. Make it cheaper
0: for a drink that has hardly any flavor in it. You think it'd be a little bit
1: cheaper, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's fucking bubbly water, guys. Yeah, come on.
0: Yeah, tone it down. The price, not the flavor. Then it'd just right. be water.
1: <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know, I know. Here we are. That's the one good thing out of twenty twenty is we've discovered more hard seltzers, and they've been. They have not disappointed. Yeah. Thank you, 2020, for your heart, Seltzer.
0: Okay, Jen. I'm so ready to hear your story.
1: Let me have it. All right. So, like I was telling you before, I found this story because it started by seeing this one story that happened just recently here in December, and it spiraled from there. So, I'm going to get into the murder story first, and then I will get into the recent one. Okay. Okay, so this and I apologize if I totally butcher butcher, Bercher. Butcher. Birchard. <laughs> butcher the last name, I promise I'm just going by what it looks like it says it sees. So Bercher This is the murder room. <laughs> This <laughs> so. is the murder of Sergeant First Class Mark Leshikar. That's what it's that's what it looks like, so
0: Listen, we try. Here we go.
1: We try and. Sorry. Sometimes we fail, sometimes
0: we succeed. uh, Exactly. (laughs)
1: Love me for who I am, okay? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So, so, here we go. William Levine enlisted in the Army in 2001. In 2007, he graduated from Special Forces qualification course and was subscribed subsequently, oh my goodness, subsequently, subsequently <laughs> assigned to the 1st Special Forces Group, airborne, with a following assignment to U.S. Army Special Operations Command. Levine deployed multiple times to Afghanistan and Iraq in support of the global war on terrorism while assigned to U.S. Army Special Operations Command. Um, He graduated from the basic, advanced, and senior leader courses, U.S. Army basic airborne course, U.S. Army jump master course, military freefall parachutist course, military freefall parachutist jump master course, special forces intelligent course, survival evasion, oh, survival evasion, resistance, and escape school Tagalog special operations language course and the special forces qualification course holy moly he was busy uh yeah it sounds like it that's a lot that is a lot levine's awards and decorations include the bronze star medal with v device i'm gonna let y'all know i don't know what any of this stuff means bronze star medal second award materi matter me, oh my god Material (laughs) Close. (laughs) Materiarius Service Medal? Materius? Joint Service Materi... Something like that. (laughs) Something like that. We're just going to roll with that. Joint Service uh, Commendation Medal, Army Commendation Medal, second award. Army Achievement Medal, third award. Joint Service Achievement Medal, Army Good Conduct Medal. National Defense Service Medal, Afghanistan Campaign Medal, two Campaign Stars, mm-hmm. Iraq Campaign Medal, Inheritant Resolve Campaign Medal, Global War on Terrorism Ex- Expeditionary Medal, Global War on Terrorism Service Medal, Non Commissioned Officer Professional Development mm-hmm. Ribbon, Army Service Ribbon, Overseas Service Ribbon, and NATO Medal, Army Special Forces tab, combat infantry badge, combat action badge, basic parachutist badge, and the mastery military freefall parachutist badge. Those are all his awards he earned. Super accomplished his military career. Yeah. Okay. A lot. So that's kind of a background on William Levine. Highly decorated. Okay. Yes. So sergeant first class, sergeant first class Mark. Leshikar, was 33, who was 33, of the Army's 19th Special Forces Group, was born in Elko, Nevada.
0: Oh, I've been there. Oh, really?
1: Mm-hmm. I've never even really heard back. of that. It's, like, on the
0: border of Idaho and Nevada. Oh. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Mm-hmm. I've, n- honestly, i yeah, never heard of it, but... I think I stopped there to eat at a Denny's or something. Oh, I mean, you can't yeah. go wrong with Denny's, right? Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. So mr leshakar so in his before he joined the army according to his mom she says um fueled by events that transpired on september 11th 2001 leshakar was a senior in high school when he asked his mother to sign a special consent form that would allow leshakar at the age of 17 to join the u.s air force all right so he was a member of the air force honor guard And he completed a three-year tour of duty while stationed at Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi, Mississippi. In January 2009, Leshikar volunteered again for military service. Only this time he had his eyes set on becoming a Green Beret, which is in the Army.
0: okay.
1: He enjoyed his time in the Air Force Honor Guard, but it wasn't... What he really wanted to do okay. it wasn't what he really wanted to be a part of. Okay, but at least he tried, right? Absolutely. He entered the army as a combat engineer and he completed basic and advanced individual training at Fort Sill in in Oklahoma. Lashakar joined the 19th Special uh Special Forces Group as a non-special forces qualified soldier in June of 2009. In addition to several Achievement and commendation Medals, Leshikar's awards and decorations include, amongst many others, the Bronze Star Medal, the National Defense Service Medal, and the Global War on Terrorism Medal. So he also was pretty well decorated. Okay. Nearly three years later, in May of 2012, Leshikar completed the Special Forces Qualification Course. And in three more years, karn would embark on his first tour of duty outside the country with a deployment to Afghanistan in 2015. karn would deploy again to, oh, I'm probably going to butcher, butcher this bad, uh, Tajikistan. This is right. We're going to go with that. We're going to go with that. In 2017, that right. in support of Operation Enduring Freedom. So he, as well, was also deployed quite a bit, too. Mm-hmm. All right, so how do these two come together? Well, William Levine and Sergeant First Class Mark Leshikar were best of friends. Leshikar was a member of the 19th Special Forces Group. So it says he suffered from a traumatic brain injury injury due to an improvised explosive device detonating near him, which was why he was then assigned to a dust job at Fort Bragg. And this is where he met with, he met Levine and became such good friends. Okay. They were both stationed at Fort Bragg together. He and Levine would talk and argue with one another like they were brothers, mm-hmm. says many people, including his family, would say that, that they would talk to each other like they were brothers, but they would also fight and argue with each other like they were siblings, so.
0: Okay, so they had a pretty good relationship.
1: They they seemed to have a pretty good relationship. So, because of this traumatic brain injury, Leshikar was prescribed Tramadol, which he became addicted to, according to his family. He would also self-medicate with Valium. I mean, according to Leshikar's family... It is said that Leshikar and Levine were also known to use cocaine. But oh. that's just hearsay. That's according to his family. Mm. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I don't know why they would say that. I would hope you wouldn't want to put somebody in a compromising position like that. Mm-hmm. And being in such a elite group, special forces, I don't know that you would... I don't know how you can get away with that. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, that's what it says. All right. So... From March 15th to the 19th, Leshikar and Levine were on vacation with their families at Disney World in Florida. On March 17th, Leshikar called his sister to wish her happy St. Patrick's Day. He, she said he was intoxicated, but he sounded very happy. Okay. But she did not realize that would be the last time she would speak to her brother. He also called his mother that night, and he told her that he and his wife had decided to get alcohol out of their family, and that he knew what he needed to do to start getting clean and getting his life
0: back together. Was that a problem then, the alcohol?
1: So, I don't know if it was the alcohol was a problem. It didn't really say, but I'm guessing it was probably a factor in, along with the addiction to his prescription pills. Oh,
0: prescription, right.
1: So... But mm-hmm. he at least was saying he wanted to get his life sorted and figured out. Mm-hmm. On March 21st, they're coming back from their trip to Disney World. They're, they drove there, and Lesha Carr is dri- riding with Levine in the car. And according to Levine, Lesha Carr is getting, acting really irrational and paranoid, claiming that he believes that somebody was following them and was listening in on their conversations okay. and just acting like really just crazy mm-hmm. according to Levine. So on the afternoon of March 21st, they arrive back at Leshikar's home. He drops him off at his home in Fayetteville. He They live in a neighborhood about 20 minutes away from Fort Bragg. Leshikar starts working on the car out in the driveway, which then Levine Later says in his statement to police that he was removing the car's battery mm-hmm. during this time. So while he's working on his car, Levine claims that they got into an argument, which then turns into a physical confrontation.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and then at some point it turns into a wrestling match, but nobody really knows what the argument was about. Like that, started that started the whole okay. thing. Okay. Yes. Because they argue all the time, but, you know, they're like brothers. So mm-hmm. even if they got into this, like, wrestling match, people wouldn't really think anything of it. They just, it's a normal. Mm-hmm. They're okay. But it wasn't normal. So they got into this, like, wrestling match. Levine then gets away. He goes into the home, into Leshikar's home, and he locks himself inside with both of Leshikar's daughters. Oh, my God. Who were right around five years old at the time. They said the daughter says that who they call, they call Levine Uncle Billy. His name is Mm -hmm. William. They call him Uncle Billy. That's how close they are. She says that he was acting really weird and scaring them. So just not being normal. So she went and unlocked the door for her dad to come inside. Okay. What happens next remains disputed by family members of both sides but what the medical examiner reports re- reveals uh, is that leshakar's body was found by police officers in a prone position with multiple gunshot wounds to his chest and neck okay four .45 caliber shell casings were found at the scene three of the four gunshots struck leshakar. Um, One penetrating his neck and lodged in his back. Another struck him in his right side. The third was a superficial grazing wound across the left of his neck and the bullet arching at a 45-degree downward angle, passing from back to front.
0: So while he was down, he was still shooting him. Okay.
1: What it seems like. At least that's what, according to the medical examiner's report, That's what they found. Mm -hmm. Bullet fragments were present underneath the carpet as well as in the kitchen and living room areas of the house. Additional abrasions were found on his left hand and both knees. Mm -hmm. And, of course, a toxicology report found trace amounts of tramadol and Valium in Leshikar's system. And we all, I mean, we already know that he was taking that stuff. So, Levine makes a statement to police. So according to him, Leshikar had attacked him with a screwdriver. So he's claiming his friend comes at him with a screwdriver. And it states that first, though Levine alleged that Leshikar had killed himself, so took a gun on himself. But then he changed his account to what he's now saying happened. But... So what he's saying is that he is claiming that they got into this argument and then Leshikar comes at him with a screwdriver. It never really states if he is saying that he did actually shoot him with a gun, though. It never actually states that. he. The only thing I ever read was that he claims that he was being attacked by Leshikar with a screwdriver. He's claiming that he was attacked with the screwdriver after he ran into the house. So like they had their scuffle. they had their little wrestling match, and okay. he get, runs inside. Then he's claiming that when Leshikar does come inside, he's a, he's coming at him with a screwdriver. okay, but when Leshikar's body was rolled over during the examine
0: mm-hmm.
1: at the house, there was no screwdriver found okay. Nowhere near, not on his body, not underneath him, not in his hand, nothing, nowhere. Okay. Also, Levine never stated or implied that he moved the screwdriver or any weapon. Right. Where is the screwdriver? Exactly. So, like, what he's claiming can't be true because there's just nothing there. There's no screwdriver, and you're not even telling anyone that it was moved or it was put somewhere else. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So... Um, Another inconsistency was noted when Levine told officials Leshikar was acting in a menacing manner, but he could not see Leshikar's hands, which appears to contradict his statement that he saw Leshikar brandishing a screwdriver. Right. So, it's like right there already. Again, you're contradicting yeah. yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not like the screwdriver was floating around him.
1: No. Where yeah. is the screwdriver? Yes. So... Leshikar's death remains in conflict. Special Forces Command decided he died in the line of duty. What? While the local sheriff's office ruled his death a justifiable homicide. All while Levine continued to work with Delta Force. I'm sorry,
0: what? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the line of fire? But they found him in his home. How can they say that he was in the line of fire?
1: This is what has... This is what baffled me so much, Veronica, because I could not get, um, unless I just didn't dig deep enough, I don't know. But I could not find where they were able to just justify it as dying in the line of duty because that doesn't make any sense. He got murdered in his home where his children saw. His daughter saw the life run out of her own father. She saw it. She was only five. But she saw it.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And they still ruled it as he died in the line of duty. How do you die in the line of duty at your own home? Is
0: it because he died at the hands of his own friend who was also right? like, active duty? Now, did, now But how it, would you allow that? Now, didn't you say that they had said that he killed – that he had said – Levine said he killed himself as well?
1: Yes. Yeah, so uh, Levine tried to at first – Tell officers that Leshikar killed himself in the beginning. They tried to say that he took the gun on his own self, trying to claim that it was because he's, you know, his mental state. He has Mm -hmm. a traumatic brain injury. He's taking this medication, all this stuff, you know? But then he changed his story. Same day, didn't even like, it wasn't even that long. Same day, he changed his story, too. It
0: it wouldn't even have been believable because he was riddled with bullets. Like, how is one going to do that to themselves?
1: Exactly. You can't, I mean, I I don't really hear of anyone shooting themselves multiple times. times. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make Uh, any
0: sense. None of this makes any sense.
1: (laughs) No. No, this is what made me so angry when I saw this. I was like, well, I have to do this story now.
0: Yeah.
1: So this story sparked my interest when I was looking at another Green Beret murder. Mm -hmm. This this, um, article popped up, and it was because on December 2nd of 2020, Master Sergeant William Levine... And Timothy Dumas, who was a veteran, Mm -hmm. were found dead at a training site on Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Okay. The case was being investigated as a homicide. Okay. Now, I don't know if everyone has seen that, but I remember seeing articles pop up about that just, like, the next day that these two men were found in a training field dead. Mm -hmm. And so when that article popped up again, when I was looking for the story... I was like, what the heck? I was like, what? I was like, that's really, that sounds really fishy. Well, it turns out that article that popped up about William Levine Mm -hmm. found dead in the training site, it was actually the, it's the story, the actual story of that article was this story on Leshikar because it was like, it's basically, I mean, they claim it's open shut case. It's done. It's closed. Mm-hmm. But that's where this came from, that Levine had, was accused of this murder, and then he never even got charged with it at all. Sure. And now we'll never know because He's something happened to him and this other man. Um, it was just what sounds really weird about their death just recently was that both these men... Uh, William Levine and Army veteran uh, Timothy Dumas were supposed to appear in court in unrelated cases, just like really soon. So Levine Mm -hmm. was supposed to appear in court at the Cumberland County District Court on January 15th for a February 17th hit-and-run charge, according to court documents, along with what I also read This wonderful Levine guy Mm -hmm. also was previously charged, um, but the charges got dropped, was that he was harboring an escapee in his home. Okay,
0: an escapee from prison?
1: Yes, an escapee from prison. And he was also, he uh, was charged with having like a home or it was like, you know, in those wide uh, home or car where you're harboring... um, illegal drugs basically oh you're holding something for them as well
0: oh okay
1: he never got fully charged for that that the charges got dropped as they may the i guess according to court documents a girl that was living with him at the time was the one who took blame for how does he keep getting
0: away with with this stuff
1: i honestly don't know and it's just so fishy to me that he was you know he got away with murder. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say he killed him. Like, I don't know. Like, that's just my opinion.
0: What's the other solution? What's the other solution to it? He didn't kill himself.
1: No, there's no way he killed himself. And it just is like weird. His daughter was there the whole time. His daughter Mm -hmm. was there. So how can you just put it on a death certificate as dying in the line of duty? Like Mm -hmm. that is so I just feel like that's so disrespectful. For him to right. be known a cause of death as that, and it just like it's just so weird to me that this guy then now it shows up dead, just this past December. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just before he has a court, uh, his uh
0: for the hit hit and court run.
1: appearance, yeah for a hit and run that happened in February,
0: and it just is like I don't it know. sounds super fishy, All of it, it's like all these events going on around this person, and yet he he keeps getting off but he now keeps getting something away caught up, caught up to him
1: yeah see that's mm. what I'm kind of thinking so I read somewhere just recently that they're trying to say because apparently he was found with multiple gunshot wounds um, to himself so mm. they're saying that he was shot by some unknown people I don't oh. know though I don't know if I can believe that. I just don't understand. I just seem so fishy that you got away with this murder in 2018, I think it was. And then just two years later, you're still getting in trouble. And and then all of a sudden, ugh, yeah. I mean, I hate to sound so insensitive about death, but come on. Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, That's just there'll weird. Be, there'll be a little bit more that comes out. Uh, like i hope so their investigation i hope so like what it was and then it'll open up the floodgates to everything else that happened right that's That's what i'm hoping so
1: i'm really hoping that they do have more an investigation on his death because it just seems such a weird to to be found dead uh on fort bragg at your in your training field just yeah I don't
0: know. It, it's just all very, very fishy. It sounds... With no
1: witnesses, yeah. It's all really fishy, so I'm really curious to know somebody knows if they ever find out it. what happened. Yeah, exactly. Right. I just that's feel like crazy. that's what's been going on this whole time is that something's been, they're hiding something, you know? It just, how do you just mm-hmm. let somebody in the army get away with murder? I don't get it.
0: Well, Jen. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. just blew from my mind. All sto- from all the stories we have read on this podcast, it's like the military is very hush-hush about so much. hmm Very, very fishy.
1: Very. Yes. Yeah. So that is the murder of Mark Leshikar. Again, hopefully I say that correctly enough because... We, uh,
0: <laughs> we try. We <laughs> try. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy, Jen. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Just weird. Well, I have... Something more lighthearted for us. It's entertainment. It's not anything informative. It's useless information that I think we would all get a few giggles out of. I yes. like it. So the other day, Kyle and I were having a discussion about um, things we see in movies. And we're like, that would never happen. <laughs> so I, my background, um, I have um, dental assisting in my background, right? So I, I did it for many, many years. And when I see stuff that has dental in movies, and I'm like, that's not how you do it. That's not what would happen. That's the wrong tool. <laughs> and it cracks me up every time. So I was like, it got me thinking. I was like, well, they did this in the military all the time, right? You know, you watch all these movies that are are war movies and military movies and so stuff like that. Anyways. Very um, much so. Very much so. Yes. Yeah. So it got me thinking, and I was like, I think this would be a really fun topic to talk about. And so this is what I'm going to do today is inaccuracies in military theme or based movies. Um, this is you know from misportrayed characters, inaccurate historical events, to include the use of artillery, not of the time period, <laughs> to the look <laughs> of military <laughs> uniforms. So this goes like, and we and I went through like a rabbit hole, and it was like this. It was so much, so much a list of movies, and I just compiled my favorite ones. And it was like, um, oh, th- this aircraft didn't even exist in the this time, and it was actually red. It wasn't this color. Um, anyways, so I'm gonna start with um the least favorite one because it's so obvious. But in the army now, have you seen that? No. Okay, I watched it a long time ago. Um, It's a 1994 1994 film starring Polly Shore, uh, Laurie Petty, and Andy Dick. And it tells the story of Bones, played by Polly Shore, and Jack, played by Andy Dick, who are two guys with very little going on in their lives. The two decide to join the army as part of the water purification team and eventually find themselves on the front lines in the conflict between the northern African countries of Chad and Libya. The two men, along with a few companions, have it upon uh, upon themselves to save the day in combat. Something they know little about. <laughs> there are so many inaccuracies in the movie. There's too many to list because it's a comedy. So yeah. it's a comedy. It's funny. It's so silly. Um, If you guys get the chance to watch it, I personally love Polly Shore. I think he's ridiculous, and he makes me laugh a lot. Yes. um, So one of the inaccuracies in here is uh, Bones, played by Polly Shore. He's offered a promotion to private first class, um, or an E3, uh, as an incentive to continue doing his job well. Enlisted men in the U.S. Army are not promoted until they reach the rank of sergeant, or E5. Uh, all advancements, that's what they call them, advancements, in the rank oh. uh, from E1 to E4 are automatic after a certain amount of time in the Army. So that was one of the inaccuracies. Another one is a, at a party back home, Bones, uh, Bones again, Polly Shore, tells his uh, then-girlfriend that he missed, that had missed her and he hadn't seen her in eight weeks. Yet th- he's apparently fully trained at the time. He's already fully trained in water purification after eight weeks of basic training and additional 10 weeks of training is required to become a water uh, treatment specialist. So yeah,
1: that's you got to go through, you got to go through basic training and then you got to go through the training for the career you get picked for.
0: It's months of it. Yeah. So apparently after just a few weeks in basic training, (laughs) he's all ready to go. (laughs) Wow, that was fast. And also these ding dongs go around saluting everyone. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. And so, which brings me to my next uh, thing, the military salute, which is so misportrayed in movies all the time, especially when doing it um, in, a, yeah. in a comedy movie. Okay. This, oh, yeah. this, the salute, proper salute, is made by raising the right hand, palm down, with fingers extended to the forehead. The forefinger will touch the forehead slightly to the right of the right eye. The right forearm should be inclined at a 45-degree angle. And oftentimes you see the salute looking like they're trying to shield their eyes from the sun, like, across their forehead. Yeah. Um, I saw this. Who was it? I think it was Beyonce saluted maybe part of her, like, one of her shows. And she saluted, like, that, like, her hand was yes. completely across her forehead. And I was like, I know that it's a performance, but that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it wrong. Um, yeah, and a lot of militaries throughout the world have their own way of saluting. Um, some of them extend their arm right out of their body as far as it will go and then bend at the elbow and then bring it to their forehead. Mm-hmm. So, And some of them look like their hands is turned out away from their face as well. So it, it, this is, I'm just referring to our um United States military. Okay, so there was one. Um, this next one is Jarhead. Have you seen that movie? Yes. I'm going to yes, ask you about all of them. So I really like Jarhead. I know a lot of yeah. people had a lot of issues with it, but I, I went to watch it before I had any idea what the military was like. And I really liked it. Um, this uh, movie is based on the book of the same name by Anthony Swafford. Who is the main character? Uh it's a psychological study of Operation Desert Shield and Desert Storm during the Gulf War through the eyes of a US Marine sniper, Anthony Swafford, played by the dreamy-eyed, gorgeous Jake Gyllenhaal, who struggles to <laughs> I know, right? Who struggles to cope with the possibility of his girlfriend that may be cheating on him back home. He enlists in the Marines in the late 80s and after 175 days of boredom, adrenaline, heat, worry about his girlfriend finding someone else and losing it in a nearly killing, killing, nearly killing his uh, mate. Demotions, latrine cleaning, faulty gas masks and desert football games, um... So this is all that happens in there. Um, in less than five days, it's over, but not before Swaff, Swafford sees burnt bodies, flaming oil, and an oil-drenched horse, and maybe a chance at killing it. So this is kind of the plot of the movie. So basically, they're just really bored, you know, out in Desert Storm. This was a very short war, I guess, during the late 80s. And so not a lot of people that were deployed saw combat. And I think this is basically the plot of the movie mm-hmm. um so one of the inconsistencies here is um swafford jake Hall's character his uh rifle points towards troy one of the other characters face while they're like low crawling towards the iraqi compound the u.s marine Corps considers this a safety violation <laughs> <laughs> clearly if you're crawling with, with the gun Uh <laughs> Yeah. Um. So it's a it's weapon safety rule, right? You never point a weapon at anything you yeah. don't intend to shoot. <laughs> Somebody's like crawling across with the gun just pointing at his friend. So another one is some of the Marines wear their dog tags outside their T-shirt. Uh, The U.S. Marines aren't supposed to wear them like that. They're supposed to wear them inside their T-shirt. I think that's with everybody, right? I think so. so yeah.
1: It has a lot of personal information on them, so... I don't think oh, right. they want those yeah. out in the open anyway.
0: No, and those really are meant for if if and when they become yeah. casualties yeah. in order to identify them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another one is, during the press interviews in Saudi Arabia, the caption for Dave Fowler, one of the characters, lists him as a private first class, but the rank insignia pinned to his collar is Lance Corporal. One rate higher than first class. So he says he's something, but yet his insignia says it's something else. So that's always a thing that I see mm-hmm. in movies is the rank of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the last one for Jarhead is the Marines are dancing around like a bonfire and they're firing off their weapons into the sky and this is not... Something they did. This is not any something that anybody should do, no. especially someone who's well trained, who's a sniper, who's well trained how you know on handling guns. So, whoopsie. <laughs> it's okay. We believe we we forgive you because Jake Gyllenhaal. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um. So another one is The Patriot with mm-hmm. uh, Mel Gibson. Yes. Yeah. I don't remember watching this movie, so I didn't want to watch it again i just didn't feel like it it's a long one it's a long it is a long one yeah i might have watched it a long time ago when it first came out but anyways we we um, watched it
1: recently at least a few months ago but it took us a couple days just because we were watching it mostly at night and so you know you can only watch so much before it's like okay it's time to go to bed
0: i can't watch this whole thing yeah yeah so let me tell you about the inconsistencies in this movie um, So it's about a peaceful farmer, Benjamin Martin, who's played by Mel Gibson. He is driven to lead the colonial militia during the American Revolution when a sadistic British officer murders his son. Uh, it, it also has uh, Heath Ledger as his son, Gabriel. Mm, yes. I know, Heath Ledger. R.I.P. Love him. So uh, the character is actually based on a real person named Francis Marion, and they renamed him uh, Benjamin Martin for the film. Um, he's depicted in the movie as a civilized family man whose soldiers include both black and white volunteers uh, for his uh, revolution, right? In reality, this Marion character or the real person, Francis, I'm sorry. Yeah, this Marion character, he was a slave owner who was involved with brutally suppressing the Cherokee Indians He was described by a historian as committing atrocities as bad, if not worse than the perpetrated by the British. Oh. So he was a slave. Yeah, so he was a slave owner and, like I said, brutally suppressing the Cherokee Indians. Oh, wow. Lies, they tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Lies. Yeah. In addition, the movie attributes atrocities to the Redcoats to have no bases, in fact, the scene in which the uh, population of a village Is herded into a barn to be burned alive was based on a similar Nazi action uh, during World War II. So they portray the Redcoats as being more brutal than they actually were.
1: Ah.
0: Because they're British. Yeah. And they're nice and they're proper. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I could imagine them actually shuffling all these people into a barn and burning it down. Like, I just don't see them as being that.
0: Cruel. Yeah, I mean, ever. and a lot of the stuff was was done to give the movie some action. Well, but course. they're saying, you know, that that's not something that the redcoats would have done.
1: Yeah, you got to have the action in a movie. I mean, it makes it more exciting, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um. So brings me to my number two on the list. Oh, these were ranked from five to one. By the way. Okay. <laughs> I only have five. Uh. So number two on the list, I have the Hurt Locker. Okay. This movie, I know it won an Oscar. I love Jer- Jeremy Renner. He's a Stockton boy. But this movie bored me to death. <laughs> I died five times of boredom <laughs> during this movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm sure someone who who is rel- you know, who knows about the EOD found this very exciting. However, I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just- okay. We <laughs> forgive
1: you. It's fine. Okay.
0: Um, so the 2008 film starring Jeremy Renner and Anthony Mackey tells the story of an intense portrayal of elite soldiers who have one of the most dangerous jobs in the world, disarming bombs in the heat of combat. When a new sergeant played uh, uh, new Sergeant James, he's played by Jeremy Renner, takes over a highly trained bomb disposal team and violent conflict. He surprises his uh, his two sub uh, sorry he surpri- he surprises his two subordinates. Uh, Sanborn played by Anthony mackey and Eldridge played by Brian uh Garethy um, he by recklessly plunging them into a deadly game of urban combat behaving as if he's indifferent to death as the men struggle to control their wild new leader the city explodes into chaos and James's true character reveals itself in a way that will change each man forever this this it just seems very exciting this movie sounds awesome it was not <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry It just, it, to me it was boring Okay, uh, so one of the things on here Oh, I didn't write who it was But Lieutenant Cambridge I don't know who he's played by, sorry Lieutenant Cambridge wears uh, two U.S. flags on his ACUs The flag is only worn on the right shoulder The spot on the left shoulder Where he wears the extra flag is reserved for special skill taps So he has two on each side so mm-hmm. he should have only been wearing one. Jeremy Renner Jeremy Renner is credited as Staff Sergeant William James an E6. However, his character wears the rank of E7 or a uh, Sergeant First Class in the army. So it's three sh- uh, chevrons and three rockers, which would be a Tech Sergeant in the Air Force. But however, he wears he's credited as a Staff Sergeant. What's going on people? Don't they have like consultants why? for these sorts of things? Do they do this on purpose? It's
1: what I want to know. Like, do you do that on purpose or.
0: Yeah. Why? So, yes, they do this. Sometimes they do this that the patches on the uniforms in films and in TV are not placed properly in order to protect the actual military. So, it doesn't fall. This information doesn't fall into the hands of the wrong people. Yeah. However, we have Google and. Yeah. <laughs> we all everything know everything is provided now yeah. yes exactly we so, can find out for ourselves eyes. we can find out for ourselves so it, i think it just it it, it i don't want to say angers but it it probably like irks some people when they see these things it's like that's not right how can you be wearing it like that that's it was like I, I told you oh yeah yeah so just kyle <laughs> yeah yeah uh, was it the show that i was watching today that i can see you sing or i can hear your voice or something like that i don't know But somebody was on there as um, sergeant, they called it a first sergeant, but she was wearing, the participant was wearing um, ABUs, which is Air Force. Yeah. And all her patches were Army. Oh. And her boots didn't match her ABUs, they were like the camel colored instead of the, like that sage green that mm-hmm. the air force wears and Kyle's like that's stolen valor. I was like, "Well, she didn't even get it right, so I don't think that's even stolen valor." <laughs> I was like, "Clearly she's not doing it right." Anyways, okay, so I have a few more facts on the Hurt Locker. Um early in the movie, Thompson, oh, I didn't see again, I didn't write down the names of who these people played, but anyways, one of the characters, uh Thompson is seen wearing the bomb suit or the EOD uh, suit, whatever the big spacesuit-looking thing that they wear. Uh, the trousers, the trousers worn appeared to be nothing more than canvas trousers with ballistic shin pads, leaving everything between his groin and knees unprotected. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the real EOD trousers are Kevlar, with the material being like uh, like ten to fifteen millimeters thick. Uh, given the EOD suit weighs about. Like at least thirty eight kilograms clearly weighed the like the weight was reduced for the actor. Yeah. The character, but it was like you don't have anything between your groin. Everyone watching you in this movie is worried about your junk. Basically. They are.
1: And they know that you're not for real. Nobody would wear that.
0: (laughs) I'd be like, hey, I want to be part of the. You know, I want to be part of the EOD. Look at their suit. Yeah. It's totally legit. It doesn't look that heavy. It doesn't look it looks so like, mm.
1: comfortable. I could wear that. It's fine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I can tell you, nothing to do with the EOD, but like the the fire gear that Kyle wears, that shit is heavy. Mm. Oh I can imagine. Oh my god. Yeah. And I wore I wore it I put it on for uh they did like a, a thing for the spouses and they we all played this role and we all got to put on the gear. So the boots and the and the the, the pants and the coat and the pack with the oxygen tank, which was empty, by the way. It was so big. It was so heavy. And I just, like, I praise all the, you know, men and women in the fire departments because that shit's heavy. I can yeah, do it. Yeah, for real. Anyways. Okay. um, Okay, so in the movie, his character, the Jeremy Renner character, play supposedly... Had diffused 170 bombs during his career. And this was seen as unbelievable since his, in a typical tour of duty, it would require him to deal with around three improvised explosive devices uh, or IED a day. So that's a lot of bombs that he supposedly diffused. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Too many. But I mean, it's too many. <laughs> um. The character was also criticized for putting the lives of his men at risk by failing to follow proper procedures. The three man squad is shown routinely operating without support in hostile environments and engaging in sniper battles in combat while individual individuals are shown being insubordinate to superior officers. I do remember that from the movie thinking like he's so risky and he's like putting all these people's lives in danger by um, not following proper protocol and just being like, fuck you, I'm going to do this. <laughs> That's not yeah. realistic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was The Hurt Locker for anyone who wants to, you know, die while watching it of <laughs> <laughs> boredom. Um, so it brings me to my next one, Jen. This one has so many, so I hope I don't bore you. Pearl Harbor.
1: Oh my, I don't okay. know that I've ever actually com- fully watched that movie.
0: Okay, well, I'll give you my opinion on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the 2001 film is littered. With an amazing cast. I mean, amazing. You have Ben Affleck, Mm -hmm. hottie. Josh Hartnett, super hottie. Kate Beckinsale, hottie. Alec Baldwin, hottie at the time. And it has a smaller role by Jennifer Garner. Tons of Cuba Gooding Jr. is in it too. Super hottie. So it has a great, beautiful cast. Yes, and it's a tale. It's a tale of war and romance mixed with history. The story follows two lifelong friends and a beautiful nurse who are caught up in the horror of uh, an infamous Sunday morning in 1941. So we all know the story of Pearl Harbor. Um, how Pearl Harbor in Japan, or sorry, in Hawaii, was bombed by Japan in December of 1941. So. Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett are best friends, and they're you know they fly airplanes, blah blah blah. Um, Kate Beckinsale is a nurse, and she is in love with Ben Affleck. And then Ben Affleck goes off, you know, to war, and Josh her and Josh Hartnett end up making a baby. Anyways, it's a it's a super cheesy movie, like beyond cheesy. You have to watch it. It makes me really mad because spoiler alert. She, she cheats on Ben Affleck because she thinks that he's dead. Mm. He wasn't dead. And there was not very much time to mourn him. And then she has an affair with Josh Hartnett, which I don't blame her. He's hot.
1: She's mourning. <laughs> she's in mourning by helping her grief by being on Josh Hartnett's dick.
0: Yeah. Well, he dies. Oh, <laughs> right? he dies. Anyways. Jeez. Um, so I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> So during the briefing on the carrier before do, the Doolittle raid, the Doolittle raid is referring to Alec Baldwin's character. His last name is Doolittle. So during the briefing on the carrier before the Doolittle raid, a background character is wearing two parallel vertical um, metal bars on his overseas cap, which would normally indicate an army captain rank, uh, a commissioned officer, right? Right commissioned officer, here yeah. is the operative uh, except the bars are gold when they should be silver. Right. On top of that, Jen, on top of that, he's wearing a sergeant stripe, which is a non-commissioned officer or enlisted rank. He can't be both. What? He can't be both.
1: <laughs> Did he steal that from somebody else? Like,
0: what? Yeah. You can't Why? be both. It can't no. be an officer and enlisted. You gotta no. pick one. And it's not like he's in transition. <laughs> I know. Those ones are Oh make my me laugh. gosh. Yeah. Um, so here's another one. Josh Hartnett makes uh wild overly dramatic control inputs on the P forties joystick. This is a, a plane, by the way. In so we've all seen this in movies, right? So it's like in reality, um, you don't do that. <laughs> The control inputs on high-performance aircraft rarely exceed an inch, and it is often just gentle pressure. And so, like I said, we've all seen this in movies where, like, people are driving and they're, like, exaggerating the movements of the steering wheel be like, this bitch is all over the place on the road. (laughs) It's like, how are you driving like that? Um, So same thing with the, the joystick on the aircraft that he's flying I'm sure I got a lot of giggles from a lot of pilots. I wouldn't have noticed because it's an aircraft and I don't fly airplanes.
1: Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known. But yeah, probably a lot of people are probably like, he'd be dead by now.
0: You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it would have been virtually impossible for Ben Affleck's character to have served with the RAF. So... In the movie, he is appointed by somebody to go fly with the Royal Air Force, which at the time, the United States was neutral to what was going on in uh, in Europe and the Pacific. They were neutral. Well, at this time, nothing was happening in the Pacific. It was just, you know, what was happening in Europe. Um, So him being appointed to go fly with the Royal Air Force would not have happened um, he would have had to resign his commission and work out how to get through a war zone as a civilian to end up flying um, the Spitfires in Europe. Somehow, he repeats the feat in reverse and turning back up at Pearl Harbor with his rank restored. It's very unlikely, especially when the U.S., like I said, was neutral. Oh, I hit my hand on the door. Sorry. <laughs> I talk with my hands and I'm like swinging them around. <laughs> okay. Um, like I said, the USA was neutral and uh very hostile to the idea of its servicemen flying with other uh other uh in combat others in combat and he more than likely would have been court martialed. So, oh my gosh, yeah, so huh. he's able to go fly with the Royal Air Force because supposedly he was appointed to go fly them, you know, with the Spitfires and yeah. then he comes back to Pearl Harbor and he's like, Look at who, look who's back, bitches, I'm still <laughs> flying for you guys. So that would have been a big no-no. Lies, they tell us. Lies. Okay, so um, there's another scene where President Roosevelt is expressing his dismay with the Americans not doing more to aid the Allies in Europe. He mentions that the U.S. needs to send more tanks to Britain and Russia to provide aid. So at this point in time, in early 1941, Russia was still an ally of Nazi Germany They didn't start fighting on the side of the Allies until after the invasion of the Soviet Union in June 1941, and were not considered part of the Allies until January 1942. So the attack on Pearl Harbor happened in December of 1941, so Russia was still working with The Nazis, and then they switched teams in June of 1941, so six months later, right? And then they weren't considered allies until 1942, January 1942, so over a year later. Mm -hmm. So, this is for you history buffs that like (laughs) history. World War II. I like it, so I don't know. Maybe it's just appealing to me. Um, so here's another one that I found super interesting. Um, the movie depicted the Arizona, this is a ship we've all, um, if you've ever been to Honolulu, to Pearl Harbor, this is the ship that's currently underwater leaking oil and you could see that. So the movie depicted the Arizona getting bombed right at the onset of the attack and the Oklahoma capsizing towards the end of the attack. Uh, the the Oklahoma was actually hit early and capsized within about 12 minutes of the onset of the attack, and the catastrophic bomb hit on the Arizona took place shortly after the Oklahoma capsized. So it, they just got it in reverse. And actually, this one I found uh, interesting as well. Several shots show that the Oklahoma to have capsized at 180 degrees, so completely flipped over with her keel straight up, Right. So due to the shallow waters of the harbor, the Oklahoma actually capsized with part of her starboard side exposed as her structure got stuck in the mud and halted the capsizing before she could completely roll over. So that was wrong. And also they had shown that the, that there were, in the movie they show that there's people still trapped in the Arizona, mm-hmm. which in fact, that was not true because the way it happened, people were actually able to jump off of the off of the ship after it happened. So um, I think everyone was like on deck when it happened. So the Oklahoma was the one that had people that needed to be rescued, especially because it was the way it was. It had capsized. Uh, so I thought interesting ah, fact.
1: you would think that stuff like that, you know, they would get correct because you know all the history and everything you know especially making a movie on right. it you think something is like simple as getting the ships
0: correct right. what i what i think happened with the with the USS Arizona i think it's because it, it's such a prominent figure in in the Pearl Harbor attack because it's still there like it's you know you have the memorial to it i think that's why they portrayed it the way that they did in the movie because it's i want to say it, it's kind of special to Pearl Harbor um, in 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 current times. Yeah. So I, can I understand think that's that. maybe why. Yeah. So weird. Um, another, you know. So military nurses were not permitted to wear long flowing hairstyles as portrayed in the film. While in uniform, including their whites, the length permitted was just above their collars. So you see this in the nurses running around. Um the hospitals they have beautiful hair of that time era and they look gorgeous and yes. it adds movie value, but it was actually not a real thing. Um also the nurses are wearing far too much makeup <laughs> when on duty. <laughs> um bright bright red lipstick, eyeliner, mascara, and blusher yep. um you know, perfectly applied and look gorgeous, model picture ready. Military medical nurses are allowed subtle skin tone makeup and surgical nurses are not allowed makeup at all. It's always been that way, right back to the 1890s when the British Army first hired nurses. So to this day, you're still not able to wear, you know, pin-up makeup. Calm down. They look gorgeous. They do. They look great.
1: They do, (laughs) but yeah, I I understand that. It's just not not something you should have on as a nurse.
0: It's funny because there's this scene where they're running around... um, looking at the casualties and seeing who's gonna most likely die and so they mark their foreheads in the movie they mark their foreheads with like an X or a cross something indicating like this person doesn't have long to live and they use a tube of red lipstick in the movie Um, so they're like you're not supposed to have that good (laughs) thing you did (laughs) I doubt that they had like sharpie markers back then yeah that's true (laughs) yeah, okay, so in the scene where the nurses walk among the uh, flag draped coffins after the attack, the nurses are in stylish civilian outfits. Those nurses are all naval personnel and once war was declared, they were ordered to be in uniform at all times except when in the privacy of their quarters. So they also got that wrong wrong. they should have been in their um, uniform. Last one, and then I have one one little fun one. Another mistake occurs when Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, his character is um, seen on top of the the ship or on the ship. sorry. Um, he's spraying heavy machine gun fire at a Japanese fire uh, fighter flying between his battleship and another vessel. The way he is shooting and they're they're <laughs> like he's turning with this machine gun, he would have been shooting his own ship.
1: <laughs> oh jeez.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, so I don't think he could have turned all the way over the way they show him, which is such an iconic scene for yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. And he won an Oscar for this movie. He was so good in it. But yeah, I thought that was funny too. And ready the last one, the best one of all. Uh, ben Affleck has frosted tips, <gasps> <laughs> which is you know so two thousand one with the frosted tip.
1: It is. <laughs> My husband. Not nineteen forties. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, okay. Well, if you spend a lot of time in Hawaii, like I, you know, your hair lightens in the sun. However, you went to fly with the Spitfires in Europe. So yeah. we all know you weren't getting any sunshine, especially in December mm-hmm. in Europe. <laughs> Where'd you get them frosted tips, Ben Affleck? <laughs> yeah. So that is my. Um, oh, what did I do? That is my fun. Fun facts for you guys. I just thought it would be kind of funny to discuss some of these. There's so many. There's so many military movies out there that oh, yeah. get so many things wrong. Like I said, the uniform, they carry the wrong gun for the time period, or, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we're all in mutual agreement too that when we watch a any kind of movie or show that has any military reference to it, our spouses, our active duty spouses or just military spouses themselves are like, Oh, yeah. that's not right. Oh, that would that never would be, be okay. And right. yeah, we all we all get it. we all we all hear that, huh? same yeah. thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's funny it's funny and then you start as you know even if you're not in the military you know i start picking things up too so yeah like you said to i mm-hmm. see i see these things as well now too i don't see everything but i see things that i recognize and i'm like that's not correct that wouldn't yeah. happen
0: i know <laughs> oh anyways
1: that was fun so, thank yeah. you for that there
0: you go that was yeah, funny you're welcome
1: Yeah, I like that.
0: Uh, I wish I would. I wish I could have had more, but there's just so much information, and I was like, I don't like. I don't want to bore people with all these funny mistakes. Um, and then there's movies that just did not depict it to its 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 um full potential. Like um for reasons of you know keeping the the viewers uh, like um the reality of Mm -hmm. the actual events. I think Saving Private Ryan is probably one of the more accurate. Films depicting war and the the Utah Beach scene was was so gruesome. It was just so gruesome, but it was still not what it actually was. Yeah. and how saturated in blood that beach was four days after it happened. So, uh, stuff like that, and uh, and then you have movies like In the Army Now, where it's just everything's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch that movie. Go watch In the Army Now with Polly Shore.
1: I'll have to find that. I'll have to find it.
0: Yeah. I love Polly Shore. Insane. I love his
1: movies. I used to watch those all the time. I, Every time around. I know. TV. So do
0: I. My kids, uh, we let them watch Encino Man. Yeah. And my kids love his character on there. And they're all, we always quote him and uh, Brandon Frazier as the yes. caveman, too. He's so funny. I was like, that's such a good movie. I don't care what anybody says. I know it probably wouldn't fly this time, you know, in this time, but I like it.
1: <laughs> I think those movies are the best. Those are the what those are the movies that you wanna watch over and over again. So that's yeah, what matters. Yeah.
0: yeah. But like stuff like that, even just like movies from like ten years ago can be problematic nowadays. So I know. It just all gotta be politically correct and sometimes it just Loses its comedy value.
1: (laughs) I know, right? Can't be funny anymore.
0: Yeah. You'll get canceled. You will. Right away.
1: You won't even finish your sentence and you'll be gone.
0: Bye. You've been canceled (laughs) for thinking it. You didn't say it, but we could tell you're thinking it.
1: Yeah. I saw it in your eyes. I saw what was coming. (laughs) Canceled. Gone. Bye.
0: Bye. Oh, Jen, before they cancel us, (laughs) (laughs) let's move on to something else. Uh, All right. Well, I think that's all I have for today. That's it. I'm hungry.
1: Yeah. I'm getting sleepy.
0: Oh, no. That's
1: right. You gotta go to bed. I do. The week starts. This two-week break has been really nice, and now I have to get back to reality, and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not ready.
0: I know. My kids are still slotted to start school in a few days. I think on Tuesday? What's today? I don't know. But... The UK is under lockdown, and they're, like, asking for the schools to close. And I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with them closing. I will go back to virtual learning, even though I cried every day. <laughs> um, but for the sake of stopping this goddamn virus, I'm so sick of it. I'm sick of everything that's resulting from this thing. I will stay home again. I mean, we are staying home. We We haven't been anywhere other than the grocery store. Right. So, okay. Well, thank you so much for your story. That was so fishy. I don't even know any other word to use other than fishy.
1: Very suspicious of all of that. Yeah. 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 It was weird. Thank you for your uh, hilarious take on all the movie. What are they? Oh, yeah. My brain can't think right now.
0: Yeah. My useless um, movie information, uh, inaccuracies in military-related movies.
1: The hilarious inaccuracies thing. of movies. It's so true. <laughs> but it's so funny <sighs> at the same time. Yeah.
0: I want our listeners to send us, like, anything that they've seen in movies that you are like, that would never fly. It yeah. doesn't have to be military-related, maybe, like, related to your career. That yeah. you're like, ah, what? No, that wouldn't be. That wouldn't be a thing. You don't do that in real life. I want to hear about it. Send us your emails. Dependosplaining at gmail.com. Or comment on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or call Jen. Her number is 555 five. Five, 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 five. Just like that. Just like that. You'll Just get me every
1: time I'm there.
0: Yeah. Just start dialing fives. And when it starts ringing, stop dialing and there she be. There I be. Here I am. <laughs> there she be.
1: I'll hear you. Do it. Yeah. I do. I want to hear it. Let's hear about your stories. Any inaccuracies in- yeah. that you hear on movies, I'd love, to, I'd love to know.
0: Yeah. Also, we're waiting on your secrets, military-related secrets that you know or, or have, you know, you have of yourself. We'll keep you anonymous.
1: Yes. Share Deep Dark Secrets. It could be mm-hmm. yours or it could be something that you've heard too. Share it. Mm-hmm. We'll share it on the In podcast the and that would be awesome and entertaining.
0: Do it. Do it now.
1: Yes. And uh, check us out on the Milso Muster app. Subscribe four ninety nine 99 monthly to Milso Plus. Yes.
0: Okay. Jen is yawning on the other side of the world right now. <laughs> on the other side of the world where she's at. And uh, wherever you guys are at, I hope you had a wonderful new year. I hope you're uh, ready to receive 2021 with open arms as we are and stay positive and stay safe and stay healthy. And remember that wherever you go, there there you are. are. Goodbye. Goodbye.